This is the A-Team Podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. The A-Team is presented by Drake's Place in Bottle, South Dakota and sponsored by Jackrabbit Central and Shenanigans in Sioux Falls. Now, here's your hosts of the A-Team Podcast, Matt and Kyle. And welcome back to the Splitting Hairs Podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated as well as our title sponsors, Cottonwood Bistro uh, in Brookings and Drake's Place of Bottle, South Dakota. Um, you know, we saw a bunch of fans at Cottonwood uh, ahead of or before the game this week. Um, Kurt Lickus uh, took a picture and he said he told them that uh, Jack Herbert Illustrated sent them. So uh, really appreciate that. Uh, one other exciting thing about Cottonwood, uh, they're getting their outdoor patio space kind of redone. Looks super nice. Uh, so that'll be a nice spot to stop and uh, Get, get some food, get some coffee. Um, the days for that are maybe running down, getting a little bit limited with winter approaching, but uh, that's all right. Um, and then Drake's Place, again, they have all of their different themed specials up there in Bottle. Uh, the Bison Blue Burger, uh, the 605 Sandwich, um, a couple other different ones. So uh, we're excited to try that food at some point um, and get up, if you're in, if you find yourself in, you know, Bottle, please stop at Drake's. So. Kyle, um, we have a guest with us tonight, uh, J.D. Barrett. Uh, J.D., you run the Scoop on Sports Show, uh, 970 The Ranch, right? Yeah, I do. It's it's 910 AM The Ranch. And uh, again, uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, I I got to be perfectly honest, as soon as that game ended yesterday, I, go, I was pretty much PO'd about the fact that we have to talk about loss. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, oh, I finally get on the show and all, man, we got to talk about loss. But uh, it, 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 thanks a lot for having me on. I certainly appreciate it. Yeah. So JD, uh, JD and I go back a couple of years when Jack Herbert Illustrated first started. Uh, JD saw what we were doing on Twitter and the blog and said, hey, I'd love to have you come on my show just for a quick segment. Uh, and that's where we kind of started. We did two seasons together and then I left Brookings and moved. Um, but JD, I just really appreciate you um, kind of helping me get started in this and helping me grow Jack Herbert Illustrated. So thank you for oh, that. You bet. You bet. Yeah. It was my pleasure. I mean, it was it was fun because so I saw you guys starting this type of thing because, uh, you know, we're all trying to grow our brand. You know, you guys have other jobs. Uh, I'm in the, you know, the, the radio business. But when I saw you do this, I go and I saw how many people were following you right out of the gates. I go, well. You need to come on the show and we'll get this thing going so everybody knows where to go. Because, I mean, let's face it, week in, week out, you guys provide great articles. You provide great insight. You, your, your preview, I mean, got to tell you, I cheat. I plagiarize, man. I go check out your guys' <laughs> your preview and I make my it makes my job a lot easier. Uh, oh, thanks, J.D. You bet. And, and also, J.D., you played for the Jacks. I did. Wide receiver. What years? I did. I was there in the uh, fall of 85 and I graduated in the spring of 90. Okay. And so, so I looked, go ahead. Did you, did you happen to look? Because uh, I'm still in the top 10 receiving yards. And I, that's yes. And, Let him know, JD. It wasn't even, the, it wasn't even the throwing era and I'm not even in the top 
30 in receptions, but I'm still in the top 10 in receiving yards. So I'm either going to have to little flex right there. Yeah, exactly. I, but nobody cares anymore. <laughs> it's, it's 30 care. years ago, man. Uh, we care. You're still in the record books, JD. That's yeah, cool. I'm hanging on. Those damn, I got a bad feeling of all those Yankee boys. They're going to be blowing by oh. me real soon. So I mean, bad I feeling a big in the best way. Those kids are, you know, they're a handful for everybody. So yeah, yeah, they'll oh, be man. there. I'll be out of the top 10 here before you know it. Hey. Plus, they got the extra, you know, the bonus 10 games. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. I'm screwed. Yeah, you're toast. <laughs> what, weren't you in the Northern Sun back in the day, though? No, That's no, what? it was the NCC, which is the oh, NCC, and- to be honest, it, is similar to what, uh, again, don't don't get me wrong, it was Division Two, but it was still, uh, it's the equivalent of what the Missouri Valley is as yeah. far as extremely difficult conference course anytime you have the evil empire to the north it's going to be a tough conference and uh they were there and usd had a lot of really good teams mankato so it it was kind of the equivalent of that and then once we went division one you know well look at they're all coming in UND's here ndsu's doing what they're doing and and it was still uh it was division two and north north central conference is what it was Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so kyle you had a busy day yesterday yeah uh how are you doing man Feeling good. You know, I think, uh, you know, probably Ben and I uh, deserve a little bit of, uh, I don't know, uh, discredit, I would say, for for maybe, you know, showing a little favoritism to other teams. Ben uh, got a chance to go see the Hawkeyes play Penn State over at Kinnick, uh, which seemed like an epic game, you know, kind of came down to the wire there. And then I was in Baylor uh, with one of my girlfriend's uh, doctor she does some investment work with so got a chance to fly anytime someone says hey let's let's charter a flight and go see uh, my alma mater you go okay i'll do it um <laughs> so <laughs> jumped on that uh went and got to see uh, mclean stadium which was pretty cool but um i told everybody i was like i gotta wear as little of green as possible and i think i might have jinxed the boys you know i <laughs> it was it was rough um it was a great Always- environment a lot of cool things from an administrative standpoint that hopefully I'd like to see maybe carried on to the Jacks as far as like educating the fans uh, up in the the uh, big screen. They had a time time uh, marker that let them know when they were going to be back to live game action. So if you go grab a drink, if you right. you know it, TV timeouts stuff like that, the fans aren't informed. They don't know, uh, especially the lay fan. They don't they don't have a feel for it. So I think it's it was really cool. Some things to take away from that were really nice, but. Overall, man, I was uh, on pins and needles because, um, like I said in some of the tweets, you know, we beat ourselves more than than that team beat us, and that's not to discredit SIU. That that's a it's a quality football team, but I mean, so many things to get to about why we uh, shot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, and before we get into that, uh, JD has a fan here. So Ken Brooks says, "What's up, JD? This is awesome for old Jackrabbit athletes out of state." So how you doing, Kenny? There we go. Okay, I played. I played baseball at South Coast State, and I played baseball with Ken Brooks, and he was uh, he was pretty slick. He was pretty pretty slick. A great base runner, good hitter, could run like the wind. Uh, Should have played wideout. Should have gave it a shot. Yeah, <laughs> back in back in the day when they let you back play two sports. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Well, you know, again, another just. You, yeah. I am the last per- Jim. I, I have a, Jim Langer and I are the last two uh, athletes that were all conference in baseball and football. At South Dakota huh. State. That's cool. That's so awesome. we should start pimping fact, me right? for the Hall of Fame here. Let's come on. All What's right. going on? We'll start, <laughs> hey, we'll start that campaign. We'll start uh, that, right? Well, second it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. 
so let's dig into this uh, SIU review here. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of got into my rants and raves a little bit. Um, what a weird game. You know, Matt Zimmer put the stat in his article, his post-game article. At one point, we were up 250 yards to 26, but right. we were still only winning 20 to 0. And I told, I turned and told the folks around me, and I said, this isn't safe yet, guys. This is not a safe lead no. because they'd come back against Illinois State 17-0 at halftime two weeks prior. This offense is just explosive. So, Mufta. Yeah, playing coverage that that many times, that late into the game, is, is only going to really strain the secondary, especially a secondary that you know does has shown that they can be physical in the run. They can carry teams late into the game, uh, depending on their schemes. But I mean, one-on-one matchups, uh, we were a little bit outmatched. I would want to say, you know, uh, in terms of what we saw yesterday with Landon Lenore, um, you know, just just, and then they started to sprinkle in Donovan. I mean, that was just a tough, a tough task, a, a real tall task. And I mean, if you look at our third down conversion percentages, those were, in terms of uh, from the defensive perspective. You know, I think they were seven of 17, which is really, really actually an admirable showing. And we were two of 10. Anytime you have that, plus you have big explosive plays, you're putting your D at, at a, in a tough spot. You know, you're putting their backs up against a wall uh, with a high-powered offense like they had. Mm-hmm. I think one, one of the biggest things for me was is that you knew that eventually we were going to turn the football over, and, uh, and we did. But look where we turned it over at. We turned it over – two times on the big time plus side. And then on our negative side, we turn it over in the red zone twice. And then we turn it over in our own red zone. And that is something that we knew we were going to turn it over, but you can turn it over around midfield or whatever. And, and, and sometimes it doesn't come back to haunt you this time. It haunted us. And you know, when, when, when Gardner went down, I know Isaiah is gone. And I, I let me tell you, we're going to feel the effects of the Isaiah yeah. uh, Davis injury. As soon as old 20 limps off the field, mm-hmm. We felt that yesterday with Don Gardner uh, hurting himself uh, without him as a corner and Lenore. I mean, boy, they made so many damn plays that were just kind of crazy. Uh, we had coverage on a bunch of different plays. But, you know, when we finally turned it over, we, it was the absolute worst possible time. I mean, we, we could have went up 20, yeah. what, 27, mm-hmm. uh, the, the fumble inside, the you know, the, the whatever. And it was just like, the worst time, the worst spot to do it, and and we knew the, you, you knew they're going to turn it over eventually, but uh, yeah, the, the injury uh, to, to Gardner I thought showed up yesterday. Like you said, uh, it's not like we weren't covering them because they made great plays, but I just think the depth of, of him and and being there uh, really hurt. Yeah, and they got us in like some situations where we had lbs on guys that that were really superior right. in, in the past game. You know, Matt, you, you said it on Twitter and it's like to ask Graham to carry a, a, a wide receiver who's all conference, all American, you know, and he, and he stayed with him really well. And yeah. Nick put the ball on him, and our pass rush, I thought was really stellar, even though we didn't get home as much as we would have liked to, we put Nick Baker off his spots, but that unfortunately is his game. He, mm-hmm. he moves really well inside outside the pocket he currently is the best quarterback in our conference and i don't even think that's really a reach in terms of a statement um you know like you said jd isaiah is a huge absence and and i'll say he's not an absence in terms of pierre can't do what he can do but he's in he's an absence for the team in terms of time of possession ball control just just pounding on the the opposing defense in terms of wearing them down over the course of the game because our defense 
did a hell of a job shutting them down, but they were on the field way too much, and that has to change. Yeah. So this is a really good point. Um, a comment from Jordan Fink. Uh, for those of you listening later to the podcast, it says, yesterday was the epitome of why Isaiah Davis' absence is huge. Last year, SDSU gets up 20 points. You hand the ball off to Pierre and Isaiah, 20 carries each. Let the Hogs bully the other team and salt the game away. Seems like we can't do that this year. And I didn't realize until that until looking at the stats this morning, Amar Johnson had just one carry. And he only um, had a couple. Yeah, I think he only had one series, and I was very yeah. disappointed in that. That's that's yeah. game management. Right, right. Um, it's game management. And, and also, in this day and age, it's not even just the Jacks. There's a stubbornness across teams throughout every classification. It's okay to hand the fullback the daggum ball, all right? Yeah. If you hand the fullback the ball, you're going to get two to three yards, but but it forces the defense to adhere to the, the, the power run game. And, you know, uh, Amar, you know, I think he could handle that as well. And, and you would have spelled Pierre. Here's the thing. Pierre can rip off a home run like nobody's business. He's probably one of the best to ever do it at this classification, and he's definitely one of the best to do it for the Jacks. And that's saying a lot. You know, we all know we had Zenner. We all know we had Kyle Minette, who just got – elected to the Jackrabbit Sports Hall of Fame. Um, we ha- we've had a bevy of running backs who could get the job done. The right. problem is three, four, five-yard pops when you're 220 pounds, that wears a D down. And, and we're, we're seeing that lack, that void happen right now. And I thought one of the, one of the telling things for me was, you know, you get an uh, unbelievable play at the goal line. It, it puts you back up 14 points. Uh, with the fumble recovery and return for touchdown, uh, they answer. Then you get an 85-yard touchdown run. You're back up 14, and we still couldn't hold on. And 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 that was what – I'm not going to say the better team won, but that team yesterday uh, from, uh, you know, from Southern Illinois was uh, – they were a handful. We knew they were going to punch you in the mouth, but when you get that play like that on the goal line, that should have been the end. I mean, yeah. to me, it's like that should have been so demoralizing to them that it should have been just playing. We, we run the clock on everything else. Then you get the 85-yard touchdown on one play, mm-hmm. and, yeah, things go straight south. That almost wasn't beneficial to us. And, again, that, I know, that's why they I go were back tired. To, they were tired. Yeah. I mean, we scored – like, if you think about it, hold them on a fourth down stop, even if they would have taken the three, it still essentially is advantage jacks because you held them to a field goal in the red zone on four straight plays, mm-hmm. right? Then we get the fluke penalty – which is just the softness of the NCAA, but I won't go down that path. No, no. We, we need to not hurt ourselves. In we'll do it off of, air. <laughs> that's right. We need to not hurt ourselves in terms of this, the, the flash. I understand we get caught up in the emotion of the game, but they're going to quickly throw the flag in this day and age, especially when they're asked to pay attention to taunting, when they're asked to pay attention to these little ticky-tack things, you know, it's going to come out. So uh, for those of you who may not have caught the, the play, um, you know, Michael Griffin got flagged on, mm-hmm. on a suspect interaction potentially with, with the wide receiver when he made a, a heck of a play uh, on a pass, gets flagged for taunting or unsportsmanlike conduct. They get another shot. It's not a first down play. It's, a, it's still a fourth down play, but they, they decide mm-hmm. to not take the three, go ahead and go for it. Um, and then, of course, Javon Williams Jr. gets uh, helicoptered, heck of a play. I want to say by, was it uh, Van Marl? Yep. Hey, yeah. let's let let me pull Michael's video up. I'm going to share yeah. that screen so you guys can see this. So, so we're gonna for those for those who are uh, watching, we're gonna show that play. So it was 
crazy. Yeah, so to walk you through it here, it's, it's pretty exciting. So Javon was trying to throw it back to Nick Baker, couldn't, decided he needed to scramble, tucked it up the middle, gets helicoptered at the goal line. Van Marl jars the ball loose, and Malik houses it. Now we have another controversial element here where we got the field judge from the back who doesn't appear to be in the best of football shape running down the strip there and uh, in flagging our sideline. Now I got to say we did, we did impede path. We impeded, we impeded her path and it was, it was nonsense, but it had nothing to do with the play. I would have pocketed it there. It doesn't matter who it was. I would have pocketed it there. It had nothing to do with it. Um, but you know, it takes a high powered offense and puts them in better field position on the ensuing drive. Right. So just bad stuff. What, what was your take on that whole sequence, JD? Well, you know, you watch the sequence, and again, it's kind of like the NFL all of a sudden said that we're going to emphasize taunting this year. We've seen some just horrible taunting calls, right? Well, now they're really big, and they evidently in the FCS about this sideline deal. When that when that play disappears past you, who gives a crap? Who's running? And who cares if the back judge who is no? You better not be making a call from there. She, she, or, or they should be watching to the right mm -hmm. side of there, you know, yeah. for any type wow. of crap going on in the side where it doesn't, you, you know, she's running down the sidelines. I'm saying she is because it was, a, you know, it, mm -hmm. the official was running down the sideline. Look to your right. You watch for all the other hanky-panky stuff that's going on. You know, it, it's kind of like an NHL referee. You know, one guy is behind the net. He watches everything out front or he follows the play. The guy behind the net, the guy in the back, he watches just in front. That's all he does. That's all mm -hmm. he stares at. And then we got this other scene here where where she's uh, irrelevant to play. Once the once they blow past you, you just let them go. I mean, it yeah. should it should be no call. Yeah, on the whole sequence, uh, I really I, I wonder what Griff said because he didn't right. he, like his actions to me weren't anything that was outlandish or anything. But the way she threw that flag, he must have said something. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, here, here's quick. the other thing. Oh, and it, I apologize it, it, because I was talking about the the, the sideline oh, interference. Yeah, but, yep, I got but you. again, it, it, to me, it once it, it does filter down from the NFL to this, where I get it. You can get rid of taunting all you want. I'm all for it. You know, it's kind of like this targeting rule. I get it. It, it. We are football fans. We've been watching it forever. We know when some guy is targeting. You yeah. know when he is attending to injure a player, and the same thing here. When it's a heat of the motion, unless he gets in the, their face and really, if you embarrass or, you know, kind of like the old, uh, with, uh, remember they said it's getting personal with Bryson DeChambeau when they're going, to, when they started Brooksy, you're yeah. starting to get personal, then you, we, we're going to ask, ask you to leave. Same thing here. It starts to get personal and something is said that is something that is, you know, uh, completely unacceptable. Then you throw the flag, but it just—it's the same thing. It's like, I mean, she whiffed on her first toss. I mean, she she was so excited to throw the flag to see her. She threw the air ball, but she, <laughs> she threw it again. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. But, but in, yeah, in JD, one of the funny things is one of the funny things is here. I brought up on the podcast before. Didn't mean to cut you off there. Just no, no problem. It, it, it male officials have been officiating the game since the beginning of, of the inception of, of football. Right. And they've blown enough calls to where it's, it's not even a gender issue. It's a, it's a discernment issue. It's like, just like you said, they're running down, they're completely off ball away from the play and they're right. looking at the sideline, not what's going on, on transpiring on the field. That's the issue. And then the play with Michael Griffin, 
it's like you said, and, and I'm going to give a nod to the NBA here, which I never thought I'd do in my life, but the NBA has done something I think that is really insightful. If the, if the player turns away from the official and demonstrates emotion, they don't, they don't give them a tee, right? They don't tee right. them up and give them a technical right. foul. If, if I guarantee you, if Michael Griffin turns away from the player that he just made the play on, on the yeah. ball, and throws his hands up, it's fine. I guarantee. And if she flags him on that, I'm petitioning the Valley because that's, that's garbage. <laughs> like, you need to allow an emotional game to be played with emotion. So that, that's just my take on that sequence. Yeah. And then the other penalty that's sandwiched in there is the stacker play where they said he was lined up over the snapper. So, which, which stacker has been on field goal block for years, but that is that a very black and white call. So I, mean, I think that was correct, though. Did you not? Did you watch the replay? I, I, I couldn't see it. Yeah. So it looked. It was debatable. It. it but he didn't even really rush over the center. But they did get kind of sandwiched hmm. over the center there. I don't know what your take was on that one, JD. But I thought that it was a little bit ticky tacky. You know, I mean, you hate to pick apart uh, uh, calls and everything else, but like you just said, the keyword ticky tack. I mean, when you're when you're going to start nitpicking on calls, just just because what you, you feel you see something did really affect the play. And no. It, no, it did, but it, yeah, it did when the outcome, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, you know, like last week you saw when the Vikings uh, against uh, uh, Cleveland, where, you know, uh, you talk about Thielen getting wrestled down on yeah. the last play in the end zone and everybody goes, well, they shouldn't have been in that situation. There's no reason to be in that situation. Well, they shouldn't have been in that situation. They were in that situation because they called a ticky-tack call on Kendricks in the end zone right. on fourth and two, and that was a game-changing play. So you're going to call it early, you call it late, and yeah. you call it consistent. And that's the thing that just bothers me. You know, and that that's a good point. They were consistently inconsistent, as I like to say, because, I mean, we'll skip ahead real quick here because I think probably the worst call of the game was on Garrett Greenfield on the very last drive within regulation. Right. where he was blocking on scramble rules uh, for for Chris. And the defender was not blindsided, literally took two steps. I think, Matt, you said on the rewatch, took two steps is facing Garrett Greenfield. And Garrett Greenfield, literally, he doesn't use his helmet. His helmet's not even involved. He gave him a violent hand shiver and decleated him, and they threw a flag. And it was hilarious and even comical to me. And I'm getting a little riled up here, but it was comical to me to watch the the head official call the play with a scowl as if Greenfield had done something malicious and they had to get that out of the game. I mean, the level of softness that I'm starting to see emerge, right. and it's not even just a game the Jacks played. It was against Western Illinois and Southern Illinois the previous week. The number of flags that were coming out were just abundant and too much. They need to let the kids play the game. Well, yeah. and, and like you said, uh, the, the thing that it's 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 similar to the targeting rule where I, I get it. The, the, the nasty crack back block, the whole deal, uh, the same thing. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, that, man, that guy is chasing down your quarterback. You're coming one direction full head of steam. He's coming another direction full of steam because how the play I get the crack back where he doesn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. You know, the, uh, the, the punt returns, you bet. You yeah. call that every time you can because those guys have no chance. They're chasing them for dear life. But a play like that, when a quarterback scrambles all the way to one side, turns goes the other way, what are they supposed to do? 
And that's a linesman. That is a lineman's dream. They've been dreaming about they, they've been getting their ass kicked all game long with the speed of these guys. And they're chasing them, trying not to hold them, trying to protect their quarterback. The guy peels back and he comes at back at your quarterback and he's trying to sack him. And you're in what? Not supposed to lay him out. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, where's the where's the I, I mean, it, the NFL is the college, football in general is violent. And and, and, and if, as long as there's no intent to injure somebody, that block should have been left, no matter how right. much he pancaked him. It, yep. It's the way it should be. I mean, that's yep. just just how it is. If it's and a I, if it's a running back that gets stood up and he gets laid out, nobody says a word. Yep. And, but all of a sudden, you can't. You know, defensive lineman that's about to sack your quarterback, you're not supposed to pace them. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It uh, and and there, it's a very different play than the penalty that was called on Amar the week before, where Amar was right. running back down the field and and cracked the the defensive player blindsided, you know, that was trying to tackle the ball carrier. So that's yeah. a very different play than what happened yesterday with Garrett. Garrett was so, in the tackle box. Yeah. He was within, yeah. He was within the hashes. <laughs> I mean, protecting, so, protecting his quarterback. Exactly. And, you yeah. know, in, we could go all day on the officials. I think the, the bigger picture here, which we would all probably agree with here, is the Jacks had so many opportunities mm-hmm. to not just seed ground to the Salukis and they continue to do it with unforced errors with whether it be penalties. JD, you talked about it in terms of turning the ball over in goal to go situations. Um, you know, I think, I think what I took away from this, Chris played a heck of a game. If you look at the stat sheet, I mean, he really right. did. He took high percentage throws. If you look at him with the exception of the Dixie state game, he, he's completing the ball at a really, really high clip. And that's not just throwing short to intermediate passes. He's pushing the ball down the field. Now, if you look at his, some of his decisions, he's made two cardinal errors, especially in that game, maybe three. You never extend the ball over the middle. You never extend the ball over the middle. Now he's fighting. I'm never going to knock a guy against that. That was what it was. He fumbled the ball on a third and third and extra, and he's trying to get that first down. I won't fault him for that. What I will fault him for is not trusting himself when he's throwing the ball back across his body to the middle of the field. When he had a check down, he hadn't even looked at and Zach Hines out in the flats. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are certain situations where, you know, y- you wonder if the strength of schedule, the the fact that we hadn't played a ton of full games really right. starts to creep up on there. Ramping, and, you know, we were tired. Exactly. Guys are tired or, or just not focused because they hadn't strung mm-hmm. together complete games uh, like you would normally do up to the sixth game of the season or sixth week of the season. So, I mean, talk a little bit about that. What was your take in terms of some some positive takeaways and how the game kind of got off track? You know, a lot of the positive takeaways were, uh, again, uh, the way we started out, we looked like the team that we uh, that we are, probably are. I mean, I yeah. think we're a really good football team. And, and we really – and you take off. And sometimes that's a catch-22. You know how when you start red hot, you've seen it all the time. You go up 20 to zip. Everybody, we all knew. I mean, watch this knows that this isn't over. But I thought that, you know, everything, you know, football is all about adjustments. We've heard that. That's It's almost over a, a used term. But I thought they finally realized, and, and, and I'll ask you guys this, in the second half especially, it seems like they knew we were coming after them and they knew they couldn't block us. But they also, they got that whole middle of the field wide open for That's him. That's right. All the time, and and I think they, I'm not going to call it influence block or whatever you want to call it, but they made us go 
out of that center lane. He could do whatever he wanted down the middle of the field. He could see everything. He could run when he wanted. And I think they did that because they know, hey, we're not going to stop them. They're going to come after us. They're going to keep coming. But let's send them all wide. No matter who it is, we're going to start pushing them wide. Drop step, open up, give them the – just let them beat us wide and then push them out of there. But, I mean, there was so many times where I'm like, holy cow, there's nobody (laughs) – he's he's under pressure, but the whole middle of the field is wide open. And then he could either throw it or run it. And I thought that was their adjustment that they that they did well. But the, I mean, you take the positive things out of it. Uh, I think uh, you know we we played well, but I just honestly yesterday, uh, when like I said, two three big plays to get you back up fourteen, and we couldn't hold them off. That's a pretty damn good football team uh, to go on the road and do this to us. When you know again, we broke we, we should have broke their back on the on the fumble. We mm-hmm. should have definitely broke their back on an eighty five yard touchdown run. And they didn't even hesitate and came right back. And let's not – Lenore made some plays that are insane. And their quarterback, he was in fuego. He did not miss a throw. Uh, I mean, it, it, you can't take it. You can't take that away from him. It's not like we coughed it up like today. The Vikings about lost the game with a yep. fumble with under two minutes left. So, you know what I mean? It's not like we did that. We we just got beat by uh, uh, better plays that were made by the uh, Southern Illinois. Yeah, and sometimes it's not your day, right? And like we 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 strung right. together a lot of really really great momentum plays early on. We had built a twenty to nothing lead, but we started to settle for field goals in moments where, you know, Matt, you said it. You understand the firepower that SIU is going to roll out, right? Especially because you and I, we I mean, we watch film. We watched Nick last year, and if it wasn't for a foot injury last year, who knows how that SIU season turns right. out. He's an uncanny scrambler with the football. And, and like you said, J.D., a lot of times they slipped out Javon Williams or Strong or, or, uh, or Donovan. No matter who it was, they were finding open lanes throughout the middle of the field. I thought they were going to attack outside the hash all day um, and just use, use timing and other things to, to kind of negate our pass rush. But, you know, credit to Coach Hill. Coach Hill's a creative mind. Um, he obviously – inspired his team i i still think the jacks are the better football team um but you know they did everything they could to to kind of help the salukis out yesterday mm-hmm. and and yesterday too like they were without their best receiver in avante cox which yeah, is right. kind of scary you know so um i don't know we were without I, bacchus too we, I mean, we were without bacchus we were without don we were, like i get it yep so yep. they uh you know some positives for me from the game um, I thought the 605 Hogs had a better pass blocking game than they had in the previous week. Uh, they did great. Dixie State really concerned me uh, after watching that back and and seeing the pressure that they were getting on the quarterback. I didn't understand that. Um, and then uh, you know Tucker Craft yesterday. He he ten receptions, 120 some yards, a touchdown. He looked unstoppable um, on those motions um, across. So that was pretty cool. And then. Uh, uh, you know, defensively, Adam Adam Bach finishing with 17 tackles. Uh, holy smokes. Like, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, those are some of the goods for me. Yeah, for the first time, I think I saw a stat on Go Jacks. For the first time since Christian Roseboom had 18 in 2017, Adam Bach racked up a bevy of tackles. I think that's that's excellent to see. I mean, we know how good of a, of a player he is. All-American caliber. Like Coach Stig said in some of his interviews, you know, he prioritizes football. He's a guy who really enjoys it. Um, I do think that we could clean some things up um, in, in terms of phases. 
Obviously, I talked about the offense in terms of, you know, making some some better decisions in terms of ball security, trying to string together longer plays. Talk about the the special teams now. We did have a couple missed field goals. Right. You know, I, I think that one was operational. I think Stig would shoulder that. We were kind of talking about it in pre-production, I believe. And, uh, you know, game management would be the other thing. Like, if the players are going to get some criticism, you know, we got to we gotta be fair and objective sure. with it. And I think game management, Coach Stig would be the first person to say he should have managed some things better. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, and this is just my personal philosophy, I don't care how good your team is. When you're at home, you don't go for two. Uh, you, you continue to wear the opposing team down. I would have kicked it. Now, looking at the final play of the game, I think that there were some things open. I think Jaden Yonke had the slant underneath open. I would have liked to have seen Pierre abort the fake. Um, it was a run-pass option type look where Pierre motioned back into the backfield. Um, he went across Chris's face to the right, but he should have aborted it because there was a blitz coming to the left side of the line that was unaccounted for. I think that would have given Chris a little bit more time because I think he just locked in on Zach Hines, tried to throw a back shoulder throw that has worked historically this year even. Um, it seemed comfortable for Chris to do that. But, yeah, essentially need to clean things up in all phases, specifically the field goal game. We, I mean, if we, if we make one of those, game's over. We're not even talking like we are right now. Mm-hmm. And I think I think one of the big things is, is, you know, when you deal with uh, – I thought – we talked to this. I thought maybe a timeout just to even, mm-hmm. like you said, to think about should we kick this or let's get our play and slow things down. Because, I mean, let's face it, that fourth quarter, even though it took forever, it was fast. Yeah. I mean, things were happening fast. One, this, that, this, that. And I was thinking maybe take a timeout there. But but e- either way, I mean, he catches the ball. We're all dancing, uh, you know. We're all j- dancing a jig on Twenty Second Avenue and having a blast. But the fact that it matters is the only reason why I felt. I, I think Stig. You know what I mean. I think Stig was holding that towel and he was going to throw. He was going to throw it out from the corner here, and he finally said, "I, I think my guys have had enough. I don't want to. I don't want to press my luck anymore." They they scored first in overtime. Pretty much, it was it wasn't that it wasn't that tough to score. I think he just pretty much for the most part said, "This is it. I, yeah. I, I'm going to either end it. Or I'm going to win it or lose it." And and the worst part is, I mean, we we, we complete the play, um, we probably wouldn't say a word, right? Yeah, but, exactly. And and, and again, it, it still, I, I guess the thing that that pisses me off the most about this whole deal is is now we have as dumb as this sounds and how much football is left, we have an uphill battle yeah. right now mm-hmm. to get to a top four seed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? And, and this is, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, first Pearl Harbor, now this. No, it's not <laughs> It's it's not this gloom and doom. Yeah. But, but you guys know exactly what I'm saying. Last year, mm-hmm. last spring, we took advantage of number one seed. We did all this type of stuff, and and we all we were what 19 seconds away from being national champs. Yeah. This year now we knew it was going to be tougher, and the first time we got punched in the mouth, yeah. we lost. And, and that's and now we have an uphill battle to get a top four seed. You know, you make great points. I'm glad you added that edge to it. It isn't like it's in, you know Pearl Harbor Volume Two, right? It right. is. It is a situation we're familiar with. Unfortunately, it happens to yep. be. The MO all the time. Yeah. And, and it happens to be the MO currently where 
you know, we, 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 for whatever reason, we don't have things wrapped up and bowed up as tightly as we would like. We, we trip, we stumble, but we learn to find our stride. We find our stride at, at, at very good times. I remember in, was it like 17 or 18, we lost to Youngstown State, then went on a tear all the way to the semis, right? Uh, in the Dallas Goddard, Jake Wenicke years. And so, you know, Jim makes a great point. The defense may have been tired. That could have played into the game, into the decision as well to go for two. Um, but regardless of, of, of what went into that thought process here, now there needs to be a sense of urgency in the thought process, right? There needs to be a sense of urgency, like you're saying, JD, Matt, you know, we, we know it. The backs are up against the wall. Sometimes this, this lets the emotions settle. The guys, they may be playing with a, you know, less stress, less anxiety. You know, now they can just go out and be themselves and they don't have to worry about perfection, right? So hopefully it plays to our advantage. Well, and that's well, the I, thing too that I've thought of, you know, over the last 24 hours. I mean, I remember doing this preview pod in August and all of us said that there was no chance we were going to go undefeated. You know, a one right, loss, right. two loss season was really realistic. So, and this was a game that I had marked in August, it circled, you know, and said, this is, this is the matchup. Um, obviously, NDSU, UND, UNI, USD all come to mind. Uh, but I thought this was going to be a matchup to watch. Even though their their announcer, their radio guy, broadcast guy that was on the Dallas, which was a fun interview, he said, yeah, they, they weren't really too concerned about us. Uh, but you watched that emotion at the end of the game and how they were talking to our fans after the game, as well as chirping at our players. It. Yeah, so <laughs> the, it, it meant a lot. Um, I don't care what their announcer said. It, it meant a lot for them to get this win. So uh this was going to be a tough game and we weren't going to go undefeated on the season as much as we would love to as cool as that would be that's damn near impossible in the valley and i, and I was going to ask you guys this is what i was going to ask you uh last night as soon as the game ended or whatever i was going to say uh do you feel as though you know when we played let's face it cupcakes for three weeks in a row uh didn't get to play uh our, our you know our, our defense was tired and well, that went out the window when North Dakota State, who has played worse cupcakes than us, and they just manhandled you and I. So I'm like, not not going to ask that question. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But but you know, at, at one moment, I, one at one point, I thought maybe in not playing a lot on defense when, especially when they're getting tired and cramping up. But hey, they're they're good, and they it, let's face mm -hmm. it, those guys made plays. Yeah, it, yep. I mean they, they, that touchdown pass. I don't know who the oh, cat was in the far end zone. Landon, you cannot cover that any better than that. Yeah, and he catches it, and, and then the one-handed catch there to tie it or whatnot. Oh. It, there's yeah. nothing you can do about that. Deshaun I mean, was right there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, nine, eight times out of ten, both those plays are incomplete or not a touchdown. Mm -hmm. This time around, it was, and I'm not. I'm not making excuses for the Jacks. Uh, uh, all I'm saying is you got to remember that that Tip quarterback, he was on fire. I mean, yeah, you're not going to stop that. You, can, yeah. you can't fourth and 11, two plays before the one handed right. touchdown right. catch in our, in our home sideline that that play was unreal because we had two guys primed for sacks on him uh, yep. on that play. And we had uh, Xavier was, was flushing him out of the pocket almost every snap or the Colonel, you know, uh, Caleb Sanders, was was moving him off his spots and he just continued to have he has quick feet decisive playmaking ability gets the ball out fast 
when he's about to get sacked, there were three or four times he was going to get sacked and, and he evaded it. So again, you tip your hat and uh, you live to fight another day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're going to move on to game balls here. Um, you know, we could keep talking about this SIU game, right? Uh, I think for the whole hour, if we wanted to, um, but you know, a good game, at least we were entertained. Uh, so for my, for my game balls um, on offense, I went with Pierre strong and Tucker craft. Um, I just thought overall um, what they both did was, was pretty special. Um, of course, I had to tweet at Ben Fennel every time Pierre makes a play, make sure that he's recognizing because uh, Pierre's been on his radar for two years. So we got to hype that uh, that draft train for him. Real quick, I want to hype a draft train here. I mean, I didn't play the same Y position. I was more of a fullback, basically a guard in the backfield who got token passes on arrow routes. But Tucker Craft is an NFL tight end. And uh, I he's hope gonna everybody be- – that's right, JD. I hope everybody watching recognizes he's he's Goddard too, or you know he's his own type of tight end. But he certainly is uh, next next level caliber. So he, he's going to be able to be uh, quite the sensation, I think, throughout his career in blue and yellow here. Hey, that is a first there, JD. That is you're a all first over there. the internet right now. This is Janet. We just met last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Go Jacks. Yeah. And then uh, I was going to say my game ball was, I mean, you kind of took my game ball away. I, I thought, uh, you know, I wonder if Pierre Strong realizes that, how healthy he has to stay for another four weeks. And <laughs> he continually grinds it out week in and week out. And, uh, I mean, I'm not piling on your game ball, Matt, but just watching him, because you know in the back of his mind, he knows he has to carry the load right now, running the football, uh, taking nothing away against, our, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Lamar. Uh, but, yeah, but the fact is, is he has to stay healthy, and he still goes out there and he grinds and he grinds and he grinds. I, he's my game ball just because it's – I mean, you know, he thinks about it. It's in the back of his mind uh, that he's got to stay healthy and he still does the stuff he does. And, and uh, uh, again, he's, when you look at him, he's not that big and he's still, he still pounds it in there. He still carries the ball with, uh, with authority and so forth. So he's my game ball. And you you know what the tire offense, uh, you know, uh, uh, made plays. I mean, we had the greatest play that we thought we'd ever talk about forever that put us up 14 that I, I, I sat there going. I'm at a wedding, and I was watching it <laughs> during the wedding on the phone. You know, and I was sitting there, and my, my son Trevor's watching it with me, and I'm holding up, and he looks at me, and we're both like, <sighs> and I go, it's over. You know, I'm like, oh, perfect. I can enjoy the rest of the wedding. Uh, no chance. No chance of that. Screaming I was- all like, Damn it. I, it. <laughs> I was in a plane. I was in a plane. We were on our ascent trying to climb. We, we couldn't climb to like 30,000 or whatever it was. So I still had signal. And I was like, like I literally about to stand up in the plane when it happened, when, when he got helicoptered. Yeah. I thought it was going to be uh something special. It still was something special, but uh, you know, again, a lot of season left, a lot of season left. I'm glad. I'm glad Pierre continues to do what he does. Cause there's a few things that are certain in life. Death taxes and Pierre is going to run all over SIU, so they can talk all the smack they want. But that's still a fact, right? Yeah. Hey, and um, another good comment here from Jordan Fink 
So I hope the team collectively, coaches and players alike, remember what propelled us to the championship last year. Great run game, time of possession, stopping the run, play action passes. I still think the Jacks are championship caliber team, but need to remember that identity. So we can close it right now. Yeah, right. Say anything else. Thank you, Jordan. So one last thing, I I forgot to plug Jack Arbit Central when we came in here. So yesterday I had my family with me at the game. Um, My my son who's six, my daughter who's four, took him over to the Jack Arbit store in the in the stadium, and they both wanted ball caps. They I was wearing my ball cap, so. you know, they've barely taken it off since they got it. I made it, you know, they had to take their hats off to go to church this morning. Uh, but otherwise that's it. So, um, love it. Thanks for the cool hats. Uh, who knew that I'd ever be purchasing like a glittery Jack's hat. like, was that for yourself? Yeah, that was for me. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know, going into Jack rabbit central is like going into Cabela's if mm-hmm. you're looking for fishing stuff, it's a bad deal. You're not <laughs> yeah. getting out of there with a couple hundred bucks, and I'm not buying. I'm not buying. Well, I'll take that. I'll have yep, that. Yep. Oh, look at that shirt. Oh, look at that shirt. <laughs> Next play. Next thing you know, she's 200 bucks, 14 t-shirts, a hoodie, and a hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I should I should plug this. I just got this. This is a Under That's Armour cool. Jackrabbit Raglan. Uh, yeah, like that. You got a little FCA Jackrabbit stuff. Love it. Oh, yeah. Well, that was free, so I'm <laughs> 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 the golf tournament. Nice. There you go. Awesome. All right, let's talk about Western a little bit. So uh, last week, SIU played Western in a really close game. Um, Kyle, you watched that game, right, in length? Um, yeah, and it was a very, very weird game. Uh, very sloppy. Um, you know, a lot of, lot of penalties, a lot of wild turnovers, um, that saw SIU coming out on the positive end, you know, helmets directly on footballs, balls in place. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where you, it was like a coin flip to see who was going to come out on top. But, uh, you know, Southern gutted it out again, was able to get a road victory. So it's two in a row they were able to get. Um, Western Illinois really battled back in that game. Um, you know, they, they had some timely turnovers they were able to capitalize on. Um, you know, obviously they 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 got Tony, they got Connor Sampson, uh, who's their quarterback, who, who is he'll make some plays now, but he'll turn the ball over as well. Um, their defense, I liked what they did against SIU, which coincidentally the Jacks deployed against SIU, which is uh, some stemming. A lot of times, stemming and leafing is known across the D line. Stemming is just when you you line up originally in a certain set. And you move to your your destination of your position, whether it be a three or six technique, whatever the case may be. Leafing is when you got guys going over the top of you and doing all the the razzle dazzle. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any leafing. They they definitely stemmed a lot, got them in some penalty situations. Maybe they'll do that to us again. They're going to need to be gimmicky in order to try to establish some some control of the game and the tempo. But offensively, they're going to do some things that I think they're going to keep us off balance after watching the film. So, you know, the defense will need to bring their bring their lunch pails. Yep. And they have, I mean, West Illinois can score some points. Yeah. We saw that against their the Eastern Washington game where they put up 50-some points, uh, you know, and made a huge comeback after Eastern Washington had pulled um, Eric Berrier. So uh, that's something to watch. The player that I'm watching – especially after what Landon Lenore just did to us is Dennis right. Houston. 
Yeah. And Dennis Houston is a man. Um, <laughs> he, he's a big boy. He's 6'3", 6'4". Uh, he has 49 receptions already this season, wow. 49 uh, for 687 yards and five TDs um, against Ball State. He went bananas. He had uh, 10 receptions for 230 yards and two TDs, and that's against an FBS opponent. So um, he's been held in check a little more the last two weeks against Southern. And then uh, who would they play this week? Youngstown? Um, no. no. Who would they play? It doesn't matter, but – he, he, the last two weeks, he hasn't been as productive as he was uh, earlier in the season, but he's still, he's a big boy. Kyle, you mentioned Tony Tate. Um, they're using Tony Tate a little differently this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, they lined him up just in the slots uh, primarily. Um, they're using him on a lot of gadget plays this year. He has 16 rushing attempts, I think, um, but he still has like 39 receptions. He also throws the ball. So, yeah. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good player. Um, he's quick. He's the return specialist as well. So, I mean, that's a, that's a heck of a one, two punch. And then they also have another third receiver that is pretty darn good a Dallas Daniels, um, who has uh, 23 receptions for 292 yards of his own. So yep. the, their quarterback, Samson, we talked about this last year. He, he's kind of like that point guard, right. On a basketball team that just has to distribute and yep. he has all these weapons but he's kind of turnover prone. So opposite of Nick Baker, right? Like he's not going to wow you in the pocket per se. Uh, Five sacks were given up against SIU, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They lost to Indiana state last week in Terre Haute. Maybe they were gassed from the SIU matchup that they took to the wire. That was their homecoming in state rivalry. Right. So, uh, you know, they dropped, they dropped one to the s'mores 37, 27, you know, really comparable game to what they played all year. They were shockingly able to gut one out at Youngstown. This is a good football team, man. Mm-hmm. They're going to put up some points. They're going to be able to put up uh, some stats. They're going to press us. Uh, Eastern Washington, you know, for all they are on offense, they're not a defensive stalwart. Montana was able to take them to the woodshed. So I'm hoping we can see some some output like Montana had. 42-7 to was that final score in Missoula. Hopefully that can be the outcome here in Macomb for the Jacks. Three things that, that I think has to happen. You, you get back to your basics on defense, take care of the football, win the special team battle, and I don't care whatever else happens, who plays what. We go back to our basics on defense, Get do your job, take care of the football. If you're going to turn it over, not in the spots that we did, and then we need to win the special team battles. We need to make kicks, and we need to stop yeah, we need to make kicks and then, uh, you know, uh, not make any mistakes on returns and, and, and get our return game going as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, really want to highlight Chris has played great this year, right? Yeah. To expect someone to go six straight weeks, five straight weeks with no turnovers whatsoever. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And it we didn't happen. Turnover. But now the timeliness of the turnovers, right? Yep. In yep. scoring position, un- completely unforced. He's gotten away with 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 minor things in other games where I'd, I'd have you know you never want to see a turnover, but if I had to have one, I would have liked to have seen it in those situations as opposed to scoring opportunities and forcing the ball. So take what the defense gives you, Chris. Take your checkdowns, use your legs, slide, get down, live to fight another day. Because a team that isn't supposed to be in a game is going to hang around longer if you do that. You bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's get into. Uh, predictions here and we have a new sponsor 
Um, Eric Erickson of Cutler Law Firm uh, out of Sioux Falls is a full service law firm down there. Um, they, they specialize in building uh, relationships based on trust by treating clients with honesty and integrity. That personal attention provides uh, prompt, efficient legal solutions in corporations and business, finance, services, litigation, trusts, estates, and more. Um, Eric is a friend, um, tailgates near me, um, and he focuses primarily on business, real estate, banking, and governmental relationships, but someone in the firm will handle everything. So if you need a good lawyer, uh, Eric's number is 605-271-4938 or Eric E at CutlerLawFirm.com. So thank you, Eric, for uh, joining and supporting the podcast. Appreciate it. And Matt, I hear he loves tight ends. Is this true? Can you verify that? Yeah, yeah, Eric Erickson. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so let's go. All right. So my prediction for this game, um, we're gonna have to score some points, I think. Again, uh, this uh, Western's gonna put up some points. So I'm predicting something in that uh, 42, 35, 42, 28 range. Jack Rabbits win. So 42, 28 is what I'm gonna go with. 42-28. I like it, Matt. You know what? We haven't scored under 41 points all year. This past game being the lone exception, we've scored under 42. So I'm going to I'm gonna go 42 good guys to uh, – I'm going to go 20, 42-20. I think the defense gets a little pissed off. Um, yeah. If defense travels, you got a championship team, so let's see what happens. Well, you be you, you, I was going 38-21, so oh, yeah. I'm going to go 38-21. There you go. All right. It could it could get even we could get over 40, but I think our defense is gonna respond. I think they're gonna play well. And uh, again, it was just one of those days. I mean uh, it, it was tough, but uh I, I think we're gonna respond if we take care of the football. Yeah, and I just don't want to see a kicker on the field, JD. Nothing no. against them. I hate when they wear fullback numbers, you know, like no. 47. So we need to need to no, sit them no on the more, bench. No moss, exactly. <laughs> and you know what? If you look at all the analytics of how the pros are, I mean, they're going for it all over the place. I mean, they go out fourth and three, fourth and four from, in their own territory. Exactly. Go ahead and do it. Yep. Put the dagger in. Yeah. Jim Poppin, you're absolutely right. Need to remember the gas pedals on the right. Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> all gas, no brakes, Jim. Yep. No brakes. No yep. brakes. We've gotten a few questions um, about injuries. We don't know. Stig hasn't had his press conference yet. We'll find out more tomorrow. Um, Good luck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a big one, James. We need the X Factor coming back. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of X Factors, who's going to be our players, breakout candidates potentially? So I'm going Tucker Craft. I don't think they can guard him in this okay. in this defense on okay. offense. Cool. I think one of the, well, this is a captain obvious. One of the Yankees is going to put up. Two or three. I think they're going to get loose again. I think uh, they're real close again this week. And uh, one of the two is going to have some, have a couple in 100-plus. All right. I'm going Barracuda. Uh, with all these uh, passing attacks, I think Samson's going to lob a couple up to him. And he doesn't have an interception yet this year, I don't think. So uh, let's get a couple, I think, for uh, for Manchigaya. So Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Any closing thoughts? J.D., where, where can folks find you? Um, you can find me at scooponsports.com. And uh, I think I'm at, it's at JD Barrett is my mm -hmm. Twitter account. 
Isn't yep. it? I don't yep. know. That's I what it is. Yep. You, you, you were, you allowed me to like enter at JD. I just put my name up there. You know, <laughs> why would I, why would I promote my Twitter account? But, uh, or at scoop, uh, I have two accounts, a uh, scoop on sports, uh, as my Twitter one as well. Cool. As awesome. far as my, uh, Twitter account. I got two and, of them. and JD's a huge Minnesota sports fan. Uh, used to know, be. I don't know why he puts himself through that pain every year. But uh, listen, Matt, I got to tell you, I'm watching the uh, Cincy game today and uh, the girlfriend goes, you know, I'm really glad you put this game on so I can watch evil suffer. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> go ahead and go ahead and marinate on that one a little bit there. Yeah, okay. I, I tell you right now, I can't. I hate Minnesota sports. I hate it all. I mean, the Minnesota. The you Minnesota, hate to love it, J.D. It's OK. Yeah. I mean, the twins were. <laughs> The Twins were out of it on April 5th, and don't forget the season started April 1st, so they pissed <laughs> me off. And then, uh, you know, if the Vikings don't have some goofy win today, well, they're already done anyhow. So they're done. What is it today? Uh, October uh, 10th. So, yeah, I mean, my sports teams suck. You know what I love, though, GD? We're not going to do that to the Jacks, right? I love it. We're not going to let that spill over. I'm not kidding you. If the Vikings lose today, find me on a bridge. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm done. Dallas too. Dallas, our 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 producer on here. He's uh he was like, man, if we lose this one to the Giants, it's going to be a hell of a weekend. Oh yeah, <laughs> it would have been it would have been amazing. My favorite college team loses, and I'm like, if this team goes to one and four, <laughs> I can't even show my face. That's uh, right. Yeah. So this week, um, I have uh, the opponent preview coming out. It'll probably be out a little bit later than normal. I have uh, have some grants that are due early this week uh, for my real job. And then uh, we'll have our What's Cooking on Wednesday with Tim, Chef Tim, uh, the Beef Bull champion. And then Friday we'll have our uh, What to Watch. And then Saturday's the game. Kyle, do you have any special pods this week? Anything? Not this week. I'm going to be doing an interview, but we'll see if it comes out this week or not. So, okay. Cool. The former player feature. So, hopefully, you guys enjoy this one coming up. And, yeah. and if you want, uh, every Tuesday at 10 30, Chris Ladokan is on the Scoop Show at oh. the Ranch AM 910. So, every third, every every Tuesday at 10 30, he's in. For, we talk the game and then we talk about fantasy football, whatever's on his mind. So, nice. This is 9 10 the Ranch. Yep. AM nine, yep. Ranch AM nine ten, nice. and you can you can live stream that online too. Yep, so just go to Rookings it. Radio and, and listen live the the Ranch ten to eleven, ten thirty every Tuesday. Okay, awesome. awesome. That's a good plug. Cool. All yep. right. Well, thanks guys. Thank you JD for Perfect. joining us. This was really fun. Thanks for thanks Appreciate so much it, for having man. me, you guys. It was a blast. All right. Go big. Go blue. Go, go Jacks. This podcast has been brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Drake's Place in Bottle, and to Jackrabbit Central and Shenanigans. Subscribe to this podcast and all of the Jackrabbit Illustrated podcasts, and like and follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. And go big, go blue, go Jacks! Horns down!